0: podcast where two friends discuss and drink to their favorite cozy mysteries. I'm Carolyn Wilkie. And I'm Sabrina Marshhausen. And today I am podcasting from my mom's house. Because I am dog sitting.
1: I told my mother about my podcast and she goes, why didn't you tell me about it sooner? And I go, because I don't want you listening to it. (laughs) (laughs) And she goes, well, what if I wanted to? And I was like, uh sorry and she goes what's it <laughs> about and i go well we talk about murder mysteries and then she goes oh i thought it was about something interesting
0: oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh you just got you got bodied by your mom
1: <laughs> yeah she <laughs> see the problem is all the not problem is that she is very German, and uh they don't tend to be tactful. Mm-hmm. I mean, Angela Merkel has to do a really good job with all the idiots that surround her. I'm sorry. Angela Merkel is the only thing saving the European Union right now, and I'm sad. <laughs> like, I do know. I literally don't know, because the Swedes literally just got a government yesterday. Like, oh, the country. fuck? <laughs> um...
0: I saw, okay, just speaking of Sweden really quick, I saw the best thing ever. Um, apparently in Europe, the Big Mac is no longer trademarked.
1: Yes. So In this, the EU. Yes. Yeah, so and
0: a- so uh, there's a Burger King in Sweden that replaced all of its burger titles, like, uh, except for the Whopper, with, like, versions of Big Mac, or it's like, the burger, the Big Mac wished it could be.
1: Yeah. <laughs> ah! Like...
0: The Big Mac, but better.
1: Yeah. Yes,
0: yeah. I love it. I'm
1: excited. That was funny. But, um, but yeah. So, so Germans, I'm surprised Angela Merkel just hasn't smacked a bitch. Like, <laughs> <laughs> especially, especially when she has to visit with Donald Trump. And Donald Trump was like, we need a better trade deal with Germany. And she goes, we, you have to go through the EU. And he goes, Germany. EU. She had to say that 10 times before he was like well, okay i guess we'll he, go he's with the an eu idiot.
0: i would have choked him oh. do you remember this was in his like first term or first term first year fuck man god let me fucking throw some salt over my shoulder for saying first term um but no this was in his first year when he had to like go to that big tr- dinner with like the japanese ambassador and his wife and she just pretended that she couldn't speak english <laughs>
1: You know, Angela Merkel is just, she is a goddamn physicist. Like, she's a, no, she's a chemist. She's a goddamn molecular chemist. And is like, why do I, she is surrounded by absolute idiots. Emmanuel Macron is pissing away any kind of goodwill that the French people had for him. Italy doesn't know what the fuck it's doing. Greece is a nouveau fascist state. Uh, the Netherlands still thinks it's 1942. I'm like, the fuck is wrong fuck is wrong and then britain is just sitting in a room babbling incoherently waiting to shoot its kneecaps off
0: Ah! (laughs) well aren't you glad that we're uh not doing a british version of the podcast right now (laughs) so i had a proposal since we're switching things up and doing a american show we're starting Psych this week, guys. Do
1: you want me to? Do you want me to talk with my atrocious American accent? Is that what this is? And I and
0: I was going to do a British one. <laughs> <laughs> it's atrocious. <laughs> well, so for any new listeners, the way our podcast works is um, we let our listeners vote on our Twitter on what we're going to watch. We watch five episodes of that show. So we just finished up Miss Marple, and now we're heading into Psych so that we can uh, make fun of some American stuff. Uh, since we hammer the Brits pretty handily. Not as good as they hammer themselves, and certainly not as good as the Scottish hammer them. Yes. But we do our best. We do our best because they are a ridiculous fucking country.
1: What What are you talking about? We're in America now. (laughs) This is
0: America. Uh, So what are you drinking tonight? I am drinking
1: a uh, um, Bianco. Grande Alberoni Chardonnay Catarato Insolia Terra Sicilina. And it's like a whole sentence in Italian that I'm not going to read. It is a.
0: Oh no, we have a return of the Italian wine. It is
1: a white wine blend Chardonnay, Mm -hmm. Catarato, and Insolia. And uh, it is a 2017 white wine blend. And it was $8 at Aldi. And I was going to
0: say, this sounds like an Aldi wine. <laughs> it, it might have been. It was, It was.
1: Yeah, my next wine is a little wine. This is an Aldi wine. But the reason I picked it up, it was either going to be this one or another one. And I picked this one because it had this little hang tag on it that
0: gave it 94. Nice. Gotta love a good 90-something wine rating. So, and it's got a
1: really nice glass embossed. It's like, it's, it's got the, um, the crest for this company and the, it's got silver embossing. I fucking broke the cork in half trying to get the cork out. But, <laughs> whoops! but it's open now.
0: That's important. That is the most important part. Yes. What are you drinking? I'm drinking a Cabernet Sauvignon. Uh, I was looking at the uh, I was I got to go to the nice wine store by work today because I am at my mom's house and she lives closer to my work than I do. And uh, I was looking at the Pinot Noirs and like, hey, I think I've had almost all of the good Pinot Noirs from that store in my price range on this podcast already. And. B, this was on sale. So, this is a Gen 5 2015 California Cabernet Sauvignon. Nice. And, best part, twist off. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought this was a particularly good podcast for me to be dog sitting to because this particular episode is extremely dog centric. Do you want to get right into it? Yeah, boy. Okay. That's <laughs> <laughs> My mother. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Roller coaster. <laughs> Today we're watching Psych season one, episode one, the aptly named pilot.
1: Why the fuck are they? I know why they're called pilots. It's not that I don't. I'm just saying, like, even the Friends episode one wasn't just called pilot. It was like the one with the pilot. They kept a theme, like,
0: yeah. I you know, it it I wish they had gone back and renamed it. Like, there's no need to keep it named Pilot. No, very true. But like any good show, this one starts off with a flashback. And it's, it go flashes all the way back to 1986. And we see a kid and his dad, his dad, who is a cop in uniform. Sitting in a diner, and the kid is getting quizzed by his dad so that he can get some ice cream or something. I think I pie. Forget.
1: It was pie. There you go. I haven't watched this in, like, a fortnight, and I still know everything about it because it <laughs> seared into my brain. Like, <laughs> like fucking rotting flesh. Oh, my God. <laughs> like Mel. the smell of a dead body.
0: The kid, little Sean, has is closes his eyes and his dad starts quizzing him on all the different things that you can see around the diner, and he gets every single one of them right. Uh, how many caps there are? How many? No. What? How diner, many hats what, there are?
1: Is a cap a hat? What do you think? You see what the fuck I mean?
0: No, I don't. I don't. That, see I what literally you mean. quoted. Well, no, I know what you literally quoted, but I don't see what you mean by literally quoting it at me.
1: (laughs) That it stayed into my brain after nearly a Uh fortnight of not having seen it.
0: Um, But basically, this this whole scene serves to demonstrate his astute observational memory. And the uh, waitress standing right there waiting to take the pie order goes, Oh, I can tell what you're going to be when you grow up. And he goes, I'm never going to grow up, ma'am. And <laughs> we flash forward. And then the next scene
1: is him banging a waitress. like
0: Making out with. It, it is cable television. They don't show the banging. Cowards. It's American cable television. See so you on to-
1: <laughs> it. It's probably not past the watershed, actually. It probably came on at, what, 8 p.m.? Yeah, I think it came on at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So, not past the watershed. Cowards.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh But Sean is making out with another waitress, you can tell from her name tag, and he accidentally turns on the TV. And on the TV, a electronic store manager is being interviewed by a reporter about a break-in, and he looks shifty as
1: fuck. Yeah, but. It, I would be anxious about not everyone has good camera skills. Like if you had a camera pointing. Oh, I do because I'm just fabulous at everything. No, I'm kidding. But yeah, you know, <laughs> whatever. I don't really care. Um but like, you know, that that Sherlock-ing observation bullshit bullshit.
0: <laughs> the uh first time I had to give a radio interview. I was on, like, my old phone, which had a super terrible mic on it. Like, first and foremost, it only worked on speaker because it was so old and broken and busted. Nice. Um, so any phone call I took, I had to put on speaker. So I was giving this radio interview on speaker, and, like, I'm trying to sign off, and then, like, my voice breaks at the end, and my speaker goes, like, <laughs> and so, like, you get this, like, ah! <laughs> no. And that was my first radio interview was me ending with Ah Nice. <laughs> Super great. Not need, I, needless to say, I have to create all of my own podcasts because no one actually wants to interview me. <laughs> um <laughs> That's okay. It's probably better that way. I can swear on these. I think so, yeah. But uh what ends up happening is that like he's like semi making out with this chick and then Kind of like leans over, grabs the phone, dials the police tip line, and is like, yep, the manager did it. Yep, I'm calling in a tip. Yep, thanks. Goodbye.
1: And they're like, "Do you have any other tips?" And he goes, "Yeah, the the um, the tags expired on. The- you see what I the fuck I mean?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And that takes us to title." And we don't get the theme song on the title this first time round. No, they probably haven't gotten
1: enough money for it yet.
0: No, it played in the credits. oh yeah that's right uh, what I did, actually one of the really interesting things, so we're watching this on Amazon Prime because we're in the u s and that's where it's on, and they had like the big universal like ding ding, ding like noise in the whole like title card for mm-hmm. the Universal Studios, and I was like, what the fuck? this is a goddamn TV show." But I guess that's a thing. No they the, for
1: Yeah, they they do it um on those hour long shows. And this was a fucking hour and twenty minutes.
0: It was an hour and six minutes, thank you very much. Well it <sighs> felt like it <eternity>. turned. <laughs> it never stopped. Any- when
1: I turned it on the first time and I was like, It's a what? What? It's a who? When I pushed play and I saw an
0: hour and six minutes, I was like <laughs>
1: I'm pretty Even sure. Like 45 minute long shows.
0: Yeah, they, this one is actually a 45 minute show. I'm pretty sure the pilots the only the longest one. Yeah. So, you won't have to uh sit through so much Sean antics next time. I wanted to cry. Well, Sean in his <laughs> anticsness, anticness, and ticketiness. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Anticity? Anticity. Sean and his Anticity shows up the next day at the police station for his
1: commendation. Anticity means hostile to cities and urban environments.
0: Well, (laughs) hmm. So not that. I don't know if that quite quite describes our Sean there. But he is immediately ignored by a woo-woo officer who's at reception. And the one thing I will say I don't... And it's, this is the one device that I think probably I really don't like as much about it, but I don't know how to change it without the show taking on a level of pretension, is the, like, immediate flash cut and then, like, highlight of all the things that Sean observes that are obviously immediate, are obviously going to be clues or something. Well, they did it on Sherlock. Story. It's
1: very difficult because... Apparently, they don't think that audiences are very observational. When we definitely notice lots of things, that's what the whole five British actor thing was about. But um, right. It's very difficult to show how observational they are.
0: Yeah, and that's like I I I say that it's kind of annoying, but at the same time, I have no. It's either uh, no. I don't have an answer to make it less so.
1: Yeah. And like I said, it's, it's something that crops up in all these observational detective style shows. I mean, like I said, it showed up in Sherlock, it shows up, it just shows up and you have to deal with it. It Mm -hmm. shows up in Criminal Minds, it shows up, it just does, you know, so.
0: Yeah, because the other thing is if you just, if you do, if you don't do that, then it's, almost like a very traditional police show, right? Yeah. Because like, that's, Barnaby just walks in and sees things and- And we don't really know what he's them.
1: looking for. Right. And then we have to, like, work backwards. So this is, you know, for him being a Sherlockian character, it works mm-hmm. because it has to. It work. does.
0: Yeah. I don't know if there's any other way to- go Unless about he,
1: it. like, literally just says it in his brain, which would be mm-hmm. weird.
0: Like, if we just hear his thoughts. That would be kind of fun with him being a psychic and all. Yeah, that's very true. But he's completely ignored by this officer who is on the phone with a psychic hotline. And he goes to sit down and he sits next to a thug with bloodthirsty tattooed on his his forehead. Like a biker guy. He obviously provokes that guy because he's a smart aleck. And he sees little bits of glass in the guy's, like, shirt cuffs. Mm-hmm. And he immediately and correctly assumes that he uh beat up beat up beat up someone's car
1: yeah. i mean he, I, he technically did you i'm right. not
0: even a i'm not a glass in yet, and I am losing my
1: I almost fell asleep on the sofa this Friday was exhausting um
0: <laughs> we had a separate a sub
1: didn't show up for one of our teachers so I'm in charge of separating the students to to their various classes because um, mm-hmm. they need coverage. And I swear to God, like it took everything out of me.
0: Teenagers, they're exponentially awful. The more you have, that that scale goes. Sean alerts the uh, bad. Uh, you know, the meathead to the glass into, in his sleeve, and he brushes it off, but he brushes it into his boot. Yep. In the meantime... Because he's a the, meathead. Uh, the door swings open to the copier room, and Sean sees an officer we will come to know later, uh, doing uh, the waltz. waltz. The one, two, three in the waltz. And eventually... He gets called into an interview room. And it's the doctor from House! Not the actual house, but like that. It's a 10 American actor?
1: No, it's a. All white people look the same. (laughs) I'm just
0: kidding. Well, I mean, I don't disagree with that in certain parts. Like somebody was like, "There are certain <laughs> no one gets a or I can't remember the exact tweet, but it was something about like how come you think all African American people look like look alike, but you can get pissy when somebody mixes up Henry Cavill and Matt Bomer?" And I'm like, "There are people who don't mix up Henry Cavill and Matt Bomer."
1: <laughs> <laughs> all like, the one, all the one where they like. Look at all these Oscar nominees. And it's like six guys and one guy is in there like three times.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but this is Ann Dudek. She was actually like, I legit know her from House. Uh, she played Dr. Cutthroat Bitch. Are you afraid to lose? <laughs> Are you going to fire me because I like to win? Which if you haven't seen House, it is the Sherlock Holmes of medical shows. I've is- seen
1: like two episodes one because it had the lead singer it had Tyson Ritter who was the lead singer of a band i used to listen to <laughs> um what he's a model he was a model and an actor uh Tyson
0: Ritter what
1: uh he was oh the all-american rejects
0: oh my god that's a throwback right there you know it Anyway,
1: I I watched that episode because everybody in the emo world was like, oh my god, Tyson
0: Kirk is going to be on house. So I watched it. (laughs) That's a non-traditional cozy mystery type, except I don't know if it's really cozy. It's not. He's a drug addict. Well, yeah, because he's Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, well, Sherlock is considered a cozy mystery. Is it? Is it? It it is definitely considered a cozy mystery. No, I'm still like saying that we are not going to watch it unless somebody pays us to do it for charity. But
1: yeah, no, it is a cozy mystery. No, 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 we're not going to watch it until we own the means of production. Like that's not, it's not, (laughs) it's not happening. Like it's not happening until all the rich have been eaten, including, I'm assuming, Benedict Cumberbatch. (laughs) He is wealthy. So, um... It's not happening! It's not happening! Ah, <laughs> uh, well, you can suck my left toe. I'm already watching Psych. That's about as Sherlock as it gets.
0: <laughs> uh, it also has the great Timothy Omonson. <laughs>
1: I actually knew who the fuck this person was.
0: Woo! 10 American actors.
1: He was in Galavant.
0: Yeah. So actually, Psych is the place that most people recognize him from. This is actually like his oh. really big break. <laughs> <laughs> Playing Detective La He was in Xena! <laughs>
1: That's Holy where shit, I know him Xena? from.
0: Oh, man. That brings me back.
1: I wish Zena wasn't
0: out mystery. <laughs> We'd watch this. I shit wish out too. We would totally watch the shit out of that. Xena <sighs> and Gabrielle body buddy cops. Yeah.
1: Xena, <laughs> Gabriel. Zena Gabrielle, the reason I know I'm bisexual.
0: I actually <laughs> I actually met Lucy Lawless at a convention. My type. Women who can wear who wear a ton of pencil skirts, and also women who w- can look like they can crush me.
1: I loved Xena so much um, that my mother, my mother, when I was grounded, my mother would ground me for watching Xena and Hercules. But she wouldn't let me watch it. But my radio picked up um, the broadcast <laughs> of Fox of my local Fox station. So I listened to Xena and Hercules (laughs) on the radio. On the radio. And had to like imagine it like I was in 1932. (laughs) And it was like fun. Yeah, anyway. Anyway, so he was in Xena. He was in the first fucking episode of Xena. Which was not called Pilot. It was called The Seeds of Faith.
0: (laughs) Anyway, psych. (laughs) <laughs> well, Detective Lassiter, the great, great Timothy Omenson, is your grump. He is a grump, and he thinks Sean is a suspect, because how else could he have possibly known that the store manager was the one who robbed the store? And we get a big Sean down low. This is, like, basically your typical introducing your main character kind of scene via the little file so Sean has been unemployed basically his whole life he's never worked a job for more than like a couple months Um, and when he was 18 he once was arrested for stealing a car but in his defense he did it to impress a girl we also learned that his dad was the arresting officer and basically, since then, they have had no relationship whatsoever. And Sean being the little... He's kind of a prick. Sean being the little prick that he is. Yeah, no, 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 um, right, not kind of. He's just a prick.
1: <laughs> Which, you know, I realize comes from trauma. La-dee-da. But, uh, fuck it. I'm tired of white man trauma. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. He...
0: Uh gives, gives Lassiter a lot of lip. And as he's uh, trying to walk out the door, uh, Lassiter's like, nah, dude, you're under arrest. And Dr. Cutthroat is actually pretty on his side. She's like, come on, give us something. Just give us something. How did you possibly know? How did you possibly know? And I don't really understand why he doesn't tell the truth other than him being just like, he thinks it's funny to not tell the truth. I think one of the reasons he tells the truth is because it would be so
1: unbelievable. Or if he were to say, my dad forced me to observe things until I was starving. Might sound like abuse. Well, he's not wrong. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it was abuse. But like... Yeah. It, no cop is going to believe a cop can be abusive because the thin blue line. See, this is the thing I don't like about... I'm just... I'm mad that murder mysteries are so positive about cops, even though they're detectives. I guess detectives are supposed to be different, even though detectives have certainly shot unarmed black men before just
0: sayingSo anyway. yeah, yeah, <laughs> and but I mean, I get. so first yes, one hundred percent, I agree, cozy mystery detectives, on the other hand, would aren't never do those that. people, yeah, would never yeah. do that, so
1: I have to like separate my animosity towards rl cops and like realize that cozy mystery cops are only amoral when it serves the greater good like busting in (laughs) somewhere without a warrant or like i don't know tasering someone who's about to slash open somebody's throat i don't know they always know when to use force and know when to be Mm -hmm. amoral when it's on the side of good which okay whatever they're still cops
0: Yeah, I think that's a defining, I mean, we've talked about this before, but the defining feature of a cozy mystery as opposed to just a murder mystery Mm -hmm. is that you have zero doubt about the morality of the protagonist, which is why we are largely cops.
1: Which are why we are never watching Sherlock or Luther, which is definitely not a cozy it's true. Well,
0: no, I mean, I mean, there are certain there are certain ones that we're, we have kind of like so we have a running list, obviously, of m- cozy mysteries that we were, you know, we because we have put up polls every couple of weeks. And there are some that like people recommend to us and we're like, well, is this a cozy? And like sometimes you have to like watch a few to know. Yeah, no, no Nope. that's not cozy at all. <laughs> we
1: do research on pretty much everything that you recommend to us on Twitter at One Mother Night. Uh, thank you very much for those recommendations. Most of the time, sometimes there's only been a few where we're like, "That's definitely not cozy,"
0: and and then there's some where I'm just like, "I don't actually know if this is cozy." Like Foyle's War is a great show, and I would love to have it on the podcast. But at the same time, <laughs> Foyle himself, I'm not you know, you're not ever concerned about so- Foyle's morality. I would say yes. so. I guess if we're, if we're going by that definition, it's it's a cozy mystery. But at the same time. The subject matter is very, very not cozy a lot of the time. Yeah,
1: and well, yeah, yes. And I'm feeling that it's it's the tone of the show. Like you will never my favorite murder mystery show is a Swedish show. It's a Swedish data show called The Bridge. Bron. And you will never you the the lead detective is a woman named Saga and you will never doubt her her morality is so cut and dry that she spoilers. she is spoilers sorry we're not watching <laughs> it on the podcast and i don't there's not many people who are like hmm, i'm interested in a swedish danish show <laughs> See, but you do have to watch it if you want to watch Follett, which is a cozy mystery. Yeah, It's a it's satire. It's a cozy,
0: but it's a cozy. It's a agree. cozy,
1: and I love it. But it, it is the it is direct satire of Braun. So, but you never question, so you never question her morality, but Braun is such an intensely vicious Scandi Noir. Like, the first murder is a woman who's been sawn in half and mm. two women who have been sawed in half and sewn back together. So, uh. so yeah, it's such a vicious scandi noir that, like, watching it to dissect it and make jokes about it whilst drinking wine just doesn't feel right. Like
0: it just does <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, if we're going to talk about having a light tone, there's nothing better than psych mm-hmm. because literally the whole show is about this guy who breezes through life, and it's a breezy show. Yes. And so Sean lies just kind of off the cuff and goes, I'm psychic, mm-hmm. and then he basically has to prove that he's psychic, so he tells the woo-woo cop that her grandma is safe in her... New home. He tells, uh, he points out that Lassiter and uh, Dr. Cutthroat are sleeping together and he's like, asks the waltz cop when he's getting married. Because obviously there's no other reason he would be practicing the waltz.
1: I mean, he could be on So You Think You Can Dance, but whatever.
0: Right? <laughs> um, actually, could he? This was like shot in 2005. No, that's been on for fucking ever. He could have told. Yeah, It's been yeah, on for the American 15 Idol of seasons. Dance shows. How many? Fifteen. It was... Fifteen.
1: Oh, fuck It came me. on in 2005. So, yes, he could have been on So You Think You Can Dance.
0: <laughs> but everybody believes him when he says he's psychic.
1: Oh, and then he does the check that dude's... It's going to be in his... He gets a vision. A vision. And it's in that man's left boot.
0: Yep. So, he gets his check, and he strides on out of the police station... And he's stopped in his tracks by interim police chief, Karen Vick. She's like, I know your dad. He was a good cop.
1: Of all the cops on this show, his father was the least good cop. <laughs> like, sorry.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, eh, he might have been a good cop, but he's not a great person. Yeah. Which means he's not a f- good cop. I'm
1: sorry. No, no, no. We got it. I'm sorry. Sorry. If you're a bad person and you become a cop, you just become a worse person. Because now you're a bad person with the right to kill somebody. So he was a bad cop, probably. We don't know, but he probably Well,
0: okay. I think there is a certain case, and I think he might be the person to prove this case. Or not prove this case. He's a fictional fucking character. But there are people who are very much more... They're harder on their family than they are on anybody else. And he definitely strikes me as that kind of person because he has good relationships with pretty much everybody else, except Sean.
1: I'm trying to see. This is Kirsten Nielsen. I think this was her show. Huh? The woman who plays Karen Vick.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Her voice sounded really familiar to me, but I couldn't place it. So, but she it has the feds breathing down her neck to How get cool something
1: done. When don't they? <laughs> the feds just have nothing else to do.
0: So she has the feds breathing down her neck to get uh, some results on this McCallum case. Uh, this It's a kidnapping case. And she's... Out options, so why not try a psychic? She intimates that if he's lying about his psychic abilities, there will be consequences. Jail-like consequences.
1: There are no psychic is even... They're just banned from coming to the police. No, they haven't ever been. That's not true, but, you know. <laughs> high stakes. High stakes. Also, like I said, the feds have more shit to do than to worry about a local kidnapping. Now, if it was like... Well, no, if, if the kidnapper had taken them across state lines, that's when the feds get involved.
0: Yes. But they also, they also tend to stick their noses in when that person is very rich. I mean, possibly. Which yes. is the case True. with the McCallum family. True. Which we find out in a little bit because first, Shaw needs to go round up his partner in crime, who is quite possibly one of my favorite characters ever. Yeah, he's not terrible. So Sean strides into this, like, really staid-looking office, and we get to meet Gus, his best friend forever. And Gus has a real job. He's a pharmaceutical salesman. And he's not down for shenanigans. But he's kind of down for shenanigans because his job is super boring. So when Sean explains that they are on the McCallum case... He gets intrigued. So he goes and uh, they use his car to drive over to the McCallum's. And on the way, we learn that uh, Camden McCallum, the missing man, was a playboy. And then about 18 months ago, he suddenly kind of just stopped getting in the news and sleeping around and all of that. Mm. The minute they get to the McCallum's house, Sean roots around through the trash, and they find open dog food. Mm. Um, but they walk into the living room, and who should be there but Lassiter and Dr. Cutthroat? Mm. And Gus starts freaking out immediately because Gus's main character treat at this point is anxiety. Yes. <laughs> just just straight anxiety. Sean's like, all right, we won't go into the living room. We'll go over here. And he gets kind of hyper-focused on those pictures of the family, the McCallum family, and starts talking about how hot the daughter, Katerina, is.
1: Oh, he starts going on and on and on and on.
0: Sean is not much of a uh, a monogamist.
1: (laughs) Sean is... I know he's supposed to be a lovable scamp, but I just, I spent the whole episode being like, where is Gus? So
0: I first watched Psych living with my friend, my, one of my, my, so my best friend from high school ended up becoming my roommate a couple years when I was living in Texas Mm -hmm. and she loves this show. Mm. And I was always very much kind of in the, like, this looks kind of dumb camp and I watched it with her. And Sean grows on, me, grew on me. Sean had to grow on me. Like I kind of felt the same way. Like he's not a ugh, lovable scamp. Like fucking grow the fuck up, you know. Mm-hmm. But the rest of the show, I loved a lot. Like I love Lassiter and I love Gus. And so, like for me, I was willing to keep going because a, I mean, if we're talking a cozy mystery, this is like the coziest of mysteries, it really right? Is. Like
1: it is. I agree. I agree. I just never, never, never stopped hating Sean. Because he was in 95% of the show. Yes. So the 5% where he would shut the fuck up was just not worth it. It wasn't. Like, I was just like, oh my god, I hate this person so much.
0: But he also does grow a lot, yeah. I think, through the series. Um, I haven't actually finished the series. I got up to, I think, season six. And so I think I season 1 Sean is is pretty insufferable. I will totally agree with you on that point.
1: I literally couldn't get past like season 3. American show. I don't know why, but American television shows have like six bazillion episodes. There are 121 episodes of Psych and I don't know why.
0: Because Americans watch a lot of television. Yeah, well, a so do the so television. do the British. But we... Not this much television. give it a chance. No. no. The other thing about American television is that character development is re- required to take a very long time. Specifically because they have such long seasons. That's true. And I give up. <laughs> <laughs> I just give up. You're too you're too British for this yeah, shit. Yeah, I'm
1: like, nah, I don't need to watch 26 episodes. Psych only had a few episodes apiece. Like, I think the most was like 15 or well, 16 yeah. episodes. It's not, so it's not. Well, because. It's not 26 episodes, but mm-hmm. it's also not six. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, totally. Anyway, but who should come down the stairs but the woman in question herself, Katerina. He, of course, gives her his psychic spiel and kind of bullshits her and he's like, I just have one question. Do you have a boyfriend? Fucking Sean. <laughs> Though I will say, my like next favorite scene is with Sean and Gus looking at all the pictures of Katarina and like Gus like pulls a pill peel- pill bottle out of his pocket, and he's like, just downs one. Yeah, downs one dry like a badass. Yes, and <laughs> Sean's like, is it ethical to sample your own samples? <laughs> well, yes, actually. Weirdly. Yeah, there's nothing
1: illegal about a a pharmaceutical salesman. Sampling the goods. Weirdly. That's (laughs) that's really weird. He can
0: sell them better now.
1: (laughs) I don't do pharmaceutical salesmen. You see, this whole, like, everything was just like, ah. I liked Gus as a character. I hated his job. And I was like. Well, in fairness, Gus kind of hates his job, too. Yes. So it was (laughs) like, just the American-ness of the show just was like. I just wanted to leap off the roof. Like, I'm
0: done. Oh, it's a I'm big done. shift. I'm done. It's a big shift from going from Miss Marple. Marple. Yeah. Anyway, on the way out of the house, they meet Mr. McCallan, who is one of the 10 American actors. Don't you know who I am? Remember my I'm gonna live forever. Why the 10? Why not
1: 200? I don't know, because there's like... There's more
0: people? There's there's a lot more people in America. Yes. There's a shit ton more people in America. There are, there's something like five times as many people in America. There's
1: 300 million Americans and 80 million Brits. There's
0: 330 million Americans and 68 million Brits. Really? Uh, English. I'm counting the entire British
1: Isles. Okay, well. Well, minus the Republic of Ireland. You have to count the entire British Isles, because they're all still together. You do not have have to count the entire British Isles. Yes, you do. We have had Welsh five British actors.
0: We have had Scottish five British actors. All right. Fine. Whatever. There's still only ten American actors, because there's so many more that you don't have to have somebody recognizable in every goddamn episode. Not
1: that they don't, but, you know.
0: Right. But Don Davis... Pour yes. one out for Donna's David's. Yeah. A for your Passed away in two thousand and eight. I recognize him from Stargate SG One. Nice. Yeah, he is apparently a five American actor from British Columbia. <laughs> yeah.
1: The show is filmed in British. The show is filmed in British Columbia, as most everything in the 2000s. was. Supernatural was filmed there, and. If you watch shows filmed in British Columbia, locations will start to like blur together. So, um I was watching Psych as a, at the same time as I was watching Supernatural, basically, and uh, mm-hmm. I was like, "Wait, wait!" And they're all Supernatural actors, like small ones, not big ones, that play in Psych because they were all filming at the same time, and that happens. Actually, any show that's filmed in <laughs> British Columbia, people will just walk to the other set and do a couple like film for the day. So actually, I'm sure that there are supernatural actors in psych.
0: I'm sure we'll see some as we as we move on. For four more episodes. <laughs> well, so he is the father of the missing guy the missing guy.
1: Yep, I was right. I just found a supernatural actor
0: just going through. <laughs> 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 Timothy Omenson was apparently a supernatural. He well. was. Oh my god, he was.
1: That's where I know him <laughs> from. That's definitely where I know him from.
0: Well, Gus is not impressed with how Sean is conducting his psychic investigation and quits. But the very next morning, Sean shows up at Gus's apartment. Gus yells at him, but... After Sean lays out the pictures on the table with his own, with a excellent theory that McCallum Jr. kidnapped himself via his friend Malcolm Orso, Mm. Gus is back in.
1: Already with a, with a pretty solid theory.
0: Yeah. How did he get this theory though? And those pictures of Malcolm Orso? He slept with Katerina. Of course he did. Of course he did. And they were cowards not to show it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) And on their way through the British Columbia uh, countryside, I like how it's like
1: Southern California. But that's what I—that's
0: the funniest part about this show is that like there are parts that is very clearly filmed in some part of California, Mm -hmm. but like everything out in the woods was like there's I was like. There's no, this is, this is British Columbia. (laughs) Well, Sean gets pulled over as he's driving Gus's car. (laughs) And pulls those, one of those slick little moves where like he's got his cop dad's business card on the back of his driver's license. Yeah, see, this is why Gus is not driving. Uh, yeah, I mean, fair enough. Things could have gone very wrong.
1: Driving while back? I...
0: they would not likely have gotten pulled over because he wouldn't have been going over the speed. Yeah, park. Gus would not have been speeding because he's not <laughs> an asshole. Hey, I speed all the time. I'm not an asshole. I don't speed
1: at all. Even though I drive a I'm Prius. driving. I drive a Prius, so...
0: That's I... why you don't speed. <laughs> <laughs> the whole point of having a car is to speed.
1: Well, you know... I have driven Aston Martins, and I have- Did driven... you speed? Yeah, of course I did, because I was on a racetrack.
0: That does not count. You didn't- that is the point of a goddamn race. <laughs> <racetrack>. like, <laughs> you if you can't. are not speeding on the racetrack, you are not racing. I've driven on a race- I've
1: driven an Aston Martin on a race I also driven an Aston Martin in London, and it's impossible to speed in London, because it's like- No, yeah, it's too- I... Remember, I drove you around in that really nice BMW- and it was just, That's like, true. we were, like, in a granny vehicle. I don't... Okay.
0: Well, so that was a weird day for me, because I had just gotten off a plane. Yeah, so. No. <laughs> so
1: you should be really glad that I wasn't, like, zipping around like a bat out of hell, you know? Like,
0: Wee! <laughs> all right, all right, fine, fine, fine. Anyway, but, uh... <laughs>
1: but you know, if I drove a BMW, I would be an arsehole and would speed, because people in expensive cars tend to break um but here's the thing i am definitely going to get bmw's electric suv i don't care how much of an asshole it makes me but when i'm driving in iceland i want to save the glaciers so <laughs> did yeah anyway.
0: anyway yeah just pay a little bit more carbon tax exactly you'll That's be fine. good
1: That's fine. anyway sorry so Gus wouldn't be speeding, so he wouldn't have been pulled over. And he also probably would not have been privileged enough to have some cop's business card attached to his driver's license. Hashtag
0: black, black, black. <laughs> I don't think, I don't remember what Gus's parents do. I don't either. They're not cops. Yeah. I do know that. Um, But this is how we learn that uh Sean's dad has been back from Miami for a year and he didn't know. And, you know, for... Credit to James Rode here. He looks like he does a really, really good job of like pretending to look fine, but clearly not being fine about that. Mm-hmm. But what, like when I'm watching it, I'm like, oh, good, he looks
1: terrified because his abuser is back. His father was clearly emotionally abusive.
0: Oh, clearly. <laughs> so
1: I spent this whole episode like, clearly, you shouldn't forgive this man for being emotionally abusive. Cut him out of your life. Like, and I know that's difficult to say, but, like,
0: do it. I mean, I'm not going to disagree with you. I think, okay, what I am going to say is, Sean needs to go to therapy. Yes. Because there's no way that's going to happen unless he's talking to, like, a rational adult. Yes. Yeah, very true. Who isn't bought into his bullshit. Yeah, I think- Gus is very much bought into his bullshit. Yeah, see, cause, I but love but Gus.
1: Gus has bought into his bullshit because he's been friends with him for so long.
0: Way too long.
1: Yeah. I- will never buy into his bullshit because he's like every white man
0: that I know. He's certainly like enough of them that I know. Yeah,
1: I mean, obviously not all of them are, like, amazing, like...
0: I know I know a lot of uh, engineers.
1: Yeah. That's a very
0: different type. Yeah,
1: like, I, he's <laughs> not, like, not every white man I know is this amazing observational, like, you know, genius or whatever, but, like...
0: They'd be a lot more interesting if they were.
1: You know, maybe. Maybe <laughs> they could tell me about my life and... I don't understand how his skills as a shiftless unemployed asshole gets him laid cuz it
0: certainly wouldn't work on me cuz he's a charmer he's a charmer uh, yes he is that that's that's the all you need literally as a white dude a passable looking white dude all you need to do is take an interest in the lady i suppose. all you need you to know, do. you know it didn't work. 100%. like it hasn't you just worked need- it hasn't worked at all. You need a hell of a lot more. No, you don't. Not with most women. Most women just need you to make a few jokes and actually listen when they say things. I
1: guess most heterosexual women, right?
0: Yeah. Okay. Fair. Fair <laughs> yeah, enough. Okay. And I mean, obviously it's changing a little bit, but like 2005? Fuck yeah, that was all. Would
1: 2006 me had fallen for that? No, because he didn't have a British accent
0: eventually sean and gus finally get to sneak out and spy on the cabin and they see mccallum's dog and so they are convinced that sean is correct in his theory and sean convinces gus not to call the police then and there but that they can go back to the station, and Sean is going to have a vision and maintain his psychicness. Yes. They find the detectives on their lunch break, and of course, Lasseter is rude because Lassiter is want to be. And Sean goes, "Don't eat the chicken." We also get to learn that Lasseter separated from his wife, and despite the fact that he is sleeping with Dr. throat, calls her a coward for not ordering the chicken.
1: Yeah, you see, once again, the men are so unlikable in this show that
0: it's like... Well, why Lassiter you- is meant to be unlikable. Yeah. I like... And I also... I mean, granting we're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit here, but, like, Dr. Cutthroat's not in episode two. That's true. So she gets recast. Basically. Her role, not, like, her actual character, but, like, the role of pretty white detective lady in a button-up suit, gets recast. I mean,
1: they all look the same, so. They do indeed. (laughs) 2006.
0: (laughs) But Sean had a reason for the chicken comment, and it's because he knows... The chef and the chef has hay fever and lassiter looks back into the open kitchen because it is one of those places that has an open kitchen and sees the chef sneezing into the food uh he storms out and yells what is it so they drive up to the cabin again through that beautiful bc countryside Mm -hmm. and lassiter sees the dog and so they call in the SWAT team and Moments later, Sean gets called over to the scene after playing with McCallum's dog, who his snout is covered with snossages. And, Slash uh,
1: blood. Sean gets... Hmm? Slash blood. We don't know yet.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean, technically, technically, technically. <laughs> uh, But Sean gets called into the cabin, and he walks in, and he's like, it's just like I remembered, except there are two bodies. <laughs> Well done. Thank you. Gus starts driving and <laughs> excuses himself. <laughs> yes. And then just kind of runs out screaming, which was great.
1: Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, really, I love Gus. Gus's I love Gus reaction so would be anyone's reaction. I'm actually okay
0: with blood. Like, I've- Oh, yeah. I can handle blood. I don't know. I've never seen a dead body, a dead person- I should say, Um, but I mean, I grew up in a hunting community. So when I lived in in high school, I lived in rural Pennsylvania. So when you're like, I'm I'm comfortable with rifles. I'm also comfortable with rifles. Everybody fucking hunted in Pennsylvania. But so like the but I I kind before that I'd lived in Boston in the actual city where no one hunted and so like the first time that somebody shot a deer on our land with a you know proper hunting license and all that jazz i forced myself to like go look at it and be like okay this is going to be our meat and i think that's kind of why i'm such a good chef like i don't get squeamish about any of that like i have friends who are not vegetarian but that like they just don't like cutting meat so like they'll buy like the pre-packaged like cut up chicken breast and stuff like that, even when it's not on sale. And I'm just like, no, I'll take the fucking bones out, man. Like it's cheaper. I used to be squeamish about meat, but then I lived on the farm. That'll do it. (laughs) Back at the station, the chief gives Sean a check for his work on the case, but he tries to make the case to her that the case isn't actually closed. Nothing adds up. Like why the fuck would this happen? It's definitely not a murder suicide. Mm Mm-hmm. And Mr. McCallum is at the station and like they refuse to let him see, uh, let Sean see him. And, but he does notice the bandage on his wrist. Anyway, Sean gets kicked out of the station and goes to see his dad who's now back in town. And he has lunch with him. He launches into this whole spiel. About how there were two things he hated on the force private detectives and psychics. And he says, Congratulations, kid. You've hit the disappointment exacta.
1: Emotional abuse. Emotional abuse. Mm-hmm. It's always emotional abuse. As if emotional abuse is just supposed to make you stronger and better as a human being. Which is a fucking trope on American television shows. Fathers who are rough and clearly emotionally abusive just make you a better person. Apparently. Mm-hmm. And I don't like it.
0: i mean anyway. it, yes. Agreed. But he does actually get at least some decent sleuthing advice yes. from his dad, yes. which is ask yourself who you're trusting that you shouldn't.
1: Uh, the woman you're fucking.
0: Which is exactly his this, Sean's conclusion as well.
1: Yeah. <laughs> which, okay,
0: really, really, okay. Well, so Sean goes and Gus go spy on Katrina, and they see her come out of a building with a large black bag, and he's like, it's the ransom money! So they track her to this alley where she hands off the bag to a very large man in a cap.
1: <laughs> to a and really sketchy looking man in an alley. He does.
0: He is very sketchy.
1: Yeah. In a back alley. Hmm.
0: Hmm. Mm-hmm. Which... So, I mean, I guess a little bit of fairness to Sean. Uh, He gets out of the car, and he's like, there's only one thing to do. And he goes and tries to run and grab the bag, but then Gess tries to help him, and he locks the car, and he locks them out of the car. And they get cornered by the dude, and the dude works for a thrift store, and the bag is full of blankets. Aww. Meanwhile, uh, Gus is having a bad time, and because Sean is like, "Go fucking buy the bag, dude. We need the fucking bag." And Gus is like, "I don't want to buy the bag," and he's like, "Go fucking buy the bag." So Gus goes to buy the fucking bag, and so he sneaks in, and he kind of immediately gets cornered by the dude, and like he has to like provide a distraction because Sean sneaks in the bag and then he steals the bag and then they rifle through it and they find indentations of dollar bills and depending on the denomination that bag could have held at least five million dollars. Yes. So Sean goes to visit Dr. Cutthroat. Are you afraid to lose? (laughs) Are you going to fire me because I like to win? He convinces her to give him the info on Malcolm Orso. And he shows off at a firing range um and through this information that she get he gets on Orso about his very loud car, he has a revelation, so he convinces Gus to take him back to Mr. McCallum's house. And in his very posh drawing room, office thing, place with a lot of wood paneling, he accuses him of murder. Nice. And he kind of builds a nice little scene for everyone. Mr. McCallum dropped the the ransom, but he recognized the sound of Orso's vintage car. So he followed him back to the cabin where he confronted the son And tried to knock him about a little bit. And he accidentally hit his head. Meanwhile, Orsa came in with a terrible little pistol. And Mr. McCallum somehow managed to wrest it away from the man much larger and younger than him. I know, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I want to talk about a plot hole. Yeah. (laughs) Meanwhile, the whole thing was that... His son is dead, and Orso said on it, so clearly he had to commit murder. Yeah, clearly. Clearly. And he shot Orso, and then he stages the suicide. Murder-suicide. But Orso, but McCallum is like, you have no proof. Get the fuck out. And Gus is like, let's get the fuck out. Let's get the fuck out. I'm gonna vomit. Let's get the fuck out. Yes, Very good. They go sit in the car, and Sean's like, we need an audience, so he calls the cops on them. And Lassiter is only too happy to arrest Sean, but as Sean is getting shoved into the cop car, he has a vision because Gus saw dog bite medicine in or in Macau. I keep wanting to call him Orso. I've had a decent amount of drinking. <laughs> About half done. Sean saw or er, Orso. Fuck me. Too many men. Uh, Gus saw dog bite medicine, because he's a pharmaceutical rep, he knows this shit, in McCallum's medicine cabinet when he went to vomit in his bathroom. And they find out that it was a dog bite all along. And they do this big scene in front of the cops. And interim police chief Vic is like, dude, like, just show us your wound. If it's nothing, just show it. Just show it. Just show it. And McCallum confesses. And gets taken off to jail. And the button on the episode is that uh, the dad covers for Sean with the police of the police chief. Yes, I did just say almost the police of chief. <laughs> and Sean opens a detective agency using Gus's credit, and it's named Psych. Did you figure it out? Yes. Yeah. If I have one complaint about this show, it's very, very easy to figure out who's yes. the bad guy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially when it's a capitalist. <laughs> yes. Bam! Got the communism.
1: <laughs> no. Spiked
0: um, that one.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, especially when it's a capitalist, but mostly it was the fact that both were lat- injured.
0: In his mm-hmm. suicide attempt. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not great. Yeah. Uh, and they didn't even try very hard to make Katarina the red herring. Yeah, I know. Like, literally, that red herring lasted for maybe two minutes mm-hmm. of screen time. Um, yeah. No, I mean, I fucking, like, maybe it's just his, like, military SG-1 face mm-hmm. that, but no, I knew McCallum was the murderer the first time I fucking saw Basically. him.
1: Basically. Did you like the episode? No.
0: Okay, what is it that bothers you so much about Psych? Because I feel like we are going to have a very contentious everything. five episodes. Literally no, go off. Go everything. off, Sabrina.
1: Look, I'm tired of small-ass white guys. I was already tired of them in 2006. I'm tired of them now. Definitely watching them now. What I don't like about pretty much all of this sh- I mean marple being the exception is that the white guy
0: god bless marple
1: has to be the smallest man in the room all the time the best and brightest and figures it out before anyone of course now he does have help sticking everything together Gus is like i saw a dog bite medication you know in the bathroom that's quite helpful to read. Gus is
0: the one who saves the day, really, yeah, so but no, I agree it's I just
1: agree. like their relationship is not equal at all, mm, so and it and it shows like all the time, I guess Gus does get stronger as a character as we go, yeah. on. but like they're still not equal, Sean, well, is I think I, more observant, oh, for sure. he's. You know he's more charming. He's better with the
0: ladies. There know. are definitely p- points where Gus is better with the ladies. Very true. Sean is Sean is better with a certain type of lady, yeah. and Gus is better with any lady with a brain. Yeah. <laughs> and so I just
1: I just hate how small me he is, and I hate his dad, and I hate that the trauma that his dad inflicted upon him.
0: Like Oh, hang on two seconds. I've got to go find a power cord or this is going to be bad. (laughs) Alright, I'm going to give you two guesses what just happened on that break. Did you just spill wine everywhere? Yeah, a little bit. (laughs) So I'm sitting on the floor because I'm at my mom's house and... I'm sitting on the carpets, because otherwise my ass would fall asleep. Yes. And this carpet doesn't have a carpet pad under it. Whoa. So when I got up to go get the power cable, the carpet slid. Whee. And my bottle of wine went fully flying over. Whee. So I ran, I got the power cable, I got the paper towels, I cleaned up that. And then I looked over to... My right. And my glass had fallen over also. Oh, no. Anyway, probably gonna finish the bottle tonight. <laughs> well. Good news. Carpet is red. Good. <laughs> so you can't even tell. <laughs> the dogs are gonna get too drunk. No dogs are getting too drunk. Ah. Uh, okay. So, what about you? I'm obviously...
1: I have feelings about psych what
0: about i i like psych as a whole i will say that uh this particular episode i think is a little too lowest common denominator it's the plot was too obvious um sean's a little bit too much of an asshole uh gus doesn't get enough to do but it does set up the dynamics And I thought it—it feels very pilot. It feels very pilot. I will say that it feels very pilot, and I think it's going to take a couple episodes for the show to even out some of those things that I don't like about it. And frankly, having seen six seasons of this episode of this show, it takes a couple—like it takes a season, I think—to really start to Mm -hmm. warm up to where it needs to be.
1: Well, at least we only have to watch
0: five episodes. <laughs> and on that note, did you like your wine? Yeah, it wasn't bad actually. Wow! Is that that's two Italian wines. I don't know, I'm trying. Not, gosh. Making strides every day. Uh this is quite pleasant. I mean I liked it a lot more before it smelled all over the fucking Uh but no, it's quite pleasant. I I like it, especially for three dollars off, which is what I think I got it for, $9.99. Yeah. And um totally, totally worth the price. Uh what would you give yours? What rating out of nine?
1: Seven
0: and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'll go ahead and give this an eight and a half. Quite a quite a drinkable Cabernet Sauvignon. Nice. Good night all around. Yeah. Except Well I'm being forced
1: to watch this show that I specifically asked you not to vote for, but I feel like you just wanted to torture me. And that's okay. (laughs) Okay. I see the kind of relationship that we're going to have with the audience, and that's okay.
0: (laughs) Okay. Okay. Well, I hate to inform you, Sabrina, but most of our listenership is American. I mean,
1: true.
0: True. And as always, you can follow us on our social media accounts. You can follow me on Twitter at Classlicity.
1: You can follow me on Twitter at SVMWright.
0: And you can follow our official Twitter, which is where you can vote for things and make Sabrina pay for her crimes at, at Wine Murder Night. You should always download and subscribe to our podcast. And... If you leave us a nice review, we'll give you a shout out. And we actually have a really lovely listener who hit us up on Twitter. Though we do, uh, she was just saying how much she appreciated finding our podcast. Thank you so much, Buffy Watcher 23. Thank you. We are glad you found us too. Thank you, Jessica. As always, we want to say what, Sabrina? Spiceba. to Anton Koryakov, who wrote and performed simple life our theme song off the album rest start sure we'll go with that till next time